Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I am once again your host for today. And we're going to do a little things different today because um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the the family of our staff here at Fellowship Bible Church and the changes that are happening. And there's certainly changes going on with this family that I'm about ready to introduce. And when I say we're going to do things differently, we're going to hear from them without even a lot of questions to start with because I want to give them the opportunity to talk. But I have on my right, you're watching left, I have Pastor Don Den Hartog with us. How are you, Don? Doing well. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And to my left, and you're all watching at home right, I have Brad in Hartog. Yep. Hey, Brad. So hey. you are the son of Don and Patty. Yeah. And this is the first father, first father son combo that we've had on here, and you know this comes right on right before Father's Day weekend. So yeah. you know there's just some providence and God's sovereignty of having you guys on this podcast right now for this episode. And, and we come with heavy hearts. We come understanding and recognizing if you've been a part of Fellowship Bible Church for any last number of years, you know the Den Hartog family and Don and Patty's daughter has recently passed. And so Brad, your sister, and we've been following this journey with you for years. And before we get into really any questions, I want to open the floor to you both to just communicate with our body. You know, this is a a podcast meant to convey family life with our body, and you guys are part of our family and also our staff, Don. So I want to just let you share to FBC right now. Okay, well, thank you again for the opportunity. Um, our daughter, Christy, um, was 42 years of age and died less than two months ago uh, after a six-year battle with uh, metastatic breast cancer. Um, she was diagnosed in 2015, and then after some chemo treatments for about six months, she was uh, declared um, cancer-free, and yet uh, they say that lightly because metastatic breast cancer can flare up uh, so quickly. So she was checked every three months, and for two years, uh, the reports were clean, and then in 2018, um, she was starting to experience some back pains and uh, some fatigue and so forth. And so in June, uh, about three years ago right now, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. The cancer had just gone um, just gone wild. She had over 100 tumors in her, in her lungs, uh, one inoperable on her liver, several on her spine and hips and sternum. So it was widespread. And um, she was told by one oncologist, there were two that were treating her and tending to her case, um, and she was told she had three months to live And um, by one of the oncologists. The other one did not state that, but uh, the Lord did give us uh, almost three more years with her, and we're grateful for that. Grateful for the sense that we had her with us that long, but also uh, on the other side, she suffered a lot during those three years. Her treatments were pretty intense and brutal. She had a lot of sickness and side effects and so forth. So that's how um, it was not an easy three years. And during those three years, um, this church um, followed our journey and ministered to Patty and I in particular, and I believe Brad would say the same as, as that, is um, we just had a number of people that followed her case via social media or from us um, and continued to pray regularly. And I hmm. I just um, 
I can I can say that I only remember, and I think this is accurate. I only remember one Sunday in those three years that we didn't have at least one person initiate contact with us and say, mm-hmm. "We pray for your daughter every day," mm-hmm. and that was such an encouragement to us. Um, each time it happened during the course of those almost three years. And, um, and the people were just um, incredibly encouraging to us just through prayer support alone. And then I just need to say thank you to our leadership. Um, Mark Carey, as our senior pastor, our elders um, gave us the time needed to go help the family. One time it was an extensive time. It was about five months. And yet, kept me employed here and supported us in doing so. And um, we cannot express enough gratitude to FBC and the FBC leadership for being so gracious to our family. Um, It meant a lot to Jason and Christy. Um, Two days after the funeral, when we were at the airport, Jason said to us, um, as he hugged us goodbye, he said, Christy and I could have never made it without you and mom. Hmm. Well, we wouldn't have been there apart from this church. Uh, Or we would have been there, but we would have uh, been unemployed. And that's a big stress too. And the fact that this church was as gracious as they were, um, we will never, um, we will never lose our gratitude uh, for all that this church has done in those ways. Hmm. I want to not dig too deep in this, but I wanted to continue to unpack that a little bit more. But Brad, let you chat some as well. I mean, you're less visible than your dad here yeah. at the church. But, uh, you know, there's there's an aspect to this is your sister. This is your family. You saw your parents go back and forth to Omaha way more than you were probably able to. Yeah. What, what kind of sense, just even from a brother or even now a son to Don and Patty's perspective, would you like to share? Yeah, well, um, you know, being her brother, but yet living far away, have a family here and and stuff like that, I, it's difficult because I wanted to just run there all the time mm-hmm. and help her or help Jason or mow their grass or something, but I couldn't. And so, so through that, it was more support for my parents as mm-hmm. they were out there because they were... They were their help throughout that time. And so our, I felt like my role was to support them, to support the Currys. Mm-hmm. And so in that, I, I, I go along with my dad is just gratitude for the church, for them to be able to do that. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the leadership team allowing that to happen on behalf of our family. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for church members. I know I was asked all the time, how's Christy? How are your parents? How are things going? And even though it's repetitive, it means that people cared. And it was, it just, I mean, the people that asked me are people that I never would have known they even knew who I was or who Christy was. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. I look somewhat like my dad and they're like, you kind of look like your dad. How's Christy? You know? <laughs> and so yeah. um, that was encouraging. But then this past spring, um, this past spring, it got bad fast with Christy. She declined quick. And 
honestly, I got to a point where I even had a hard time. I had a hard time holding that um, emotionally and praying and coming before the Lord. Mm. And I had friends and our small group here at church mm. really lifted us up and carried that burden with us. Um, that was, yeah, one of the most meaningful things um, to just partner together. Um, yeah. And it's, it it's just goes to what the body of Christ is meant to be about. You know, I, yeah. I hear you speak to that and uh, attending church on a regular basis and just having that engagement with each other to lift each other up, to support one another, to care for one another, to pray for one another, I think is so valuable. And so to do that in isolation would be sheer yeah. misery, I would think. Yeah. And yeah. as tough as it is, you can at least be encouraged. Right. Right. And I know it's reciprocal. As you appreciate the body, we the, the body speaking on their behalf right now appreciates you guys. And knowing that there's that support... Uh, we were able to live stream the the funeral here at FBC, and many of you guys listening and watching might have been a part of that. But there was well over a hundred people here that supported you guys in the main auditorium, and you didn't even you weren't here. Yeah, <laughs> you we you were in Omaha, yeah. and so I was able to see that, and so for firsthand to know that the support and appreciation that mm-hmm. the church has for you guys, I think is valuable as well. Um, walk us through just always last couple months uh, again, not dwelling on it too much, but just what. What did you learn? What, you know, what did you learn maybe even about God through those times? Because there's, it's difficult. And then yeah. people out there watching and listening could be going through similar things. And um, I know it's still fresh. So sure. what, what, what can you impart of, uh, of your understanding of God through this time? Well, um, I want to answer that, but uh, one more thing I want to state, and thanks, and that is to you, Mark, um, and to John Van Drunen, when we... Um, heard about these live stream and all the efforts that were made and there was a little bit of confusion between the two churches and all the technical um, logistical issues that are involved in doing a live stream and and who's going to be doing the film or the the tech work on that end and mm-hmm. anyway I know you you guys went uh, above and beyond the call of duty to make that uh, make that funeral service available here. Yeah. And yeah. so to you and to John Van Drunen, uh, our family extends to you our sincere thanks. Yeah, well, so, it's an honor to be a part of it. Um, support you guys. In light of your question, I think, yeah, it is fresh. And um, in some ways, uh, we're still numb. Um, it's even hard to uh, get a, a firm answer how we're, how we're doing. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to answer and I, I really don't know how I'm doing a lot of the time. And uh, certainly, um, it's, it is difficult. My wife, Patty, uh, cries every morning. Um, and I'm glad she does. I'm glad she's not stuffing her emotions, but she's letting herself uh, grieve. Um, I think the, the one thing that probably stands out at this state, uh, you know, I, as, as, as time moves on, I'm sure that there's other ways I could answer your question. But right now, I think the one thing that stands out the most is um, exactly what Mark Carey preached this past Sunday. I haven't heard mm. the whole message because, of course, we minister in Woodstock and are not here, but I started to listen to the recording and I want to finish it up this week. But uh, I got the gist of what he addressed, and that's in Romans 12, weep with those who weep. Yeah, And um, I think that we need to recognize that 
in doing so, we are actually being avenues of of the weeping of Christ. Um, the fact that Jesus wept at Lazarus' funeral, I'd always wondered, why did he weep when he was going to raise him from the dead here in just a few minutes? And mm. everybody's going to be astounded and happy and mm-hmm. whatnot. But what he did is he he entered into the sorrow of um, of his people. And um, that verse means a lot to me now. Mm. Uh, I don't have any question why it's there and why he wept. And when people weep with you, um, they enter into into that with you, but they are also, in many ways, just a, a conduit of the tears of God. Hmm. And um, I guess I can say that when I weep, and I still do every day, at least once, if not more, I Last night, I got home and sat and listened to part of the service again, and just just to hear her voice. I, as it was given in the service as a recording, I, I began to weep. But when it's when I weep, um, I know He's with me all the time. But there's something I sense of His presence the most when I'm weeping. Hmm. It's like He's there weeping with me. And it's a it's neat to see that passage of Jesus wept again, and Mark referenced that this past yeah, week in I his sermon, he did. and that he just sat there in that moment with his friends, with his mm-hmm. you know, fellow people around there for Lazarus, yeah. and and God did that, Jesus did that, so he's been through that, and I, I hear what you're saying that there is this aspect yeah. of you're experiencing something that Jesus has experienced, right? He and, doesn't. He, he doesn't have a condemning spirit as we experience the consequences of a broken world, hmm. the consequences of the fall of man, the consequences of man's choice in sin. And um, as our Savior, He not only saves us for eternity, He comes to our aid, He sympathizes with us hmm. in the weaknesses that we have. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, the again, the one thing that stands out. Yeah. Brad, how about you? Yeah, um, yeah, still, definitely still just trying to figure all that out. Um, I guess, you know, with her, with her passing, I just always was confused, like, I just, I didn't get it, you know, and I always thought, you know, God has the ability to heal her to the last second, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and Valerie and I left for Omaha when things were really bad. And I said, you know, we're either going to mourn or we're going to celebrate. Mm. And so, so really, it's just, I just, it's, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, if you know her, she was extremely charismatic. She, um, everybody considered her best friends. I mean, <laughs> sure. at the funeral, mm. there's all these, you know, women who are like, she's my best friend, you know, and that's just who she is. Um, but she had a real ministry, especially with the youth, her and Jason, um, partnering with Youth for Christ. And so I guess like my main, my main questions are like, I just don't know why God did that really. Mm. And I know that we will find out, maybe we'll find out now, maybe we'll find out in the kingdom, but, um, anyways, yeah. Um, but definitely, it's definitely been a charge for me. Um, got to talk with my brother, you know, we've kind of been, uh, siblings and stuff and been, uh, chatting a lot and just, 
as sadness kind of fades, um, because like I said, you know, we're not, a, we weren't around the Currys a lot. Yeah. So, um, so sadness is kind of fading, but just, I've just been really spiritually charged not to just be her or be like her, but she, her ministry was so great because she was in tune with the Holy Spirit hmm. and she walked and um, communed with the Lord. And so, you know, regardless what the Lord has for me, just to be able to have that closeness with Him like she did. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I remember, we don't need to get into it, but I, part of the funeral, what she asked you to talk about, Don, was this running the race well. And and so that's an example of how she lived her life. And you can look to to what is God teaching you in those moments of how are we called to live? And it, it's difficult. I mean, just sitting here and resting and talking about this, you know, we just appreciate you being willing to yeah. <laughs> at least share your feelings, whether they're even understood or not. Um, yeah. And what I can sense out of is that there's still a foundation of a trust and dependency in God with both of you guys and, and your family to, yeah, we, to know that's part of his plan. We believe he's good. Um, Again, famous verse, Jesus wept, but another one <laughs> comes to a whole new realm of, of appreciation is, do not lean on your own understanding, mm. but in all your ways acknowledge him. And uh, I'm with Brad. We, we, uh, we struggle with disappointment, yep. and yet we, uh, we believe that there is going to be a day that will be that aha moment, yeah. and it probably will be when in the presence of Jesus when we when we get it fully, yep. and then be it'll all be put to rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, turning to a different part of the conversation again, not to leave this, um, you know, saying that it's it's lost and gone and forgotten about. You guys are still experiencing this every day, but there's some aspects to change that's occurring with your family, Don, and mm-hmm. and. Part of the conversation that we want to hear that we've had in these last couple of episodes is the, the McNutts. Um, we talked to them a couple of weeks ago of how they're going to Shenandoah County to mm-hmm. pastor the church. And part of that conversation was how, Don, you're, you're going to be leaving. <laughs> and so we want to hear from you of what does that change really look like? And what is that? How has this been taking shape? I mean, so part of this obviously is Christy and where your family's been over the last couple of years. But... Mm-hmm. But there's some sort of divine um, uh, kind of yeah. thing happening here that is leading you to move away. Yeah. So walk us through what that change looks like. Well, I'll be I'll be open with you on it. The last couple of years, um, I've just noticed uh, even in the biblical education role that I had here at church, um, I've just noticed kind of a experience that I've had in previous ministries that. I wasn't really sure how to go forward, um, what changes need to be made, whether I had the gifts to make those changes, um, the vision to understand what those changes should be. And that was kind of stirring in, in my heart. There was another component, and that is um, there were some projects that I desired to start working on, but yet finding uh, it difficult to work the time in. and. Um, so anyway, that was happening, and at the same time, our son was involved in a um, 
kind of a resurrection of a church in central Kansas, a town called McPherson, about hmm. 50, I think about 12,000 people or so. It's not a large community. And um, he started to talk with me about the possibility of us going there, and that was a couple of years back. But then as Christie's situation developed, Patty's parents live in that area of Kansas, and their needs are increasing. They're both in their 90s. Um, well, her mother is going to be 90 in a few months, and his, her dad is 94, and their needs are increasing. Then, um, you know, the church ministry there, and also, uh, you know, definitely Christy's family now. Jason, her husband, and the kids live there. Um, hmm. How far in away? That area, about, about three and a half to four hour drive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody asked me today, do you see, what do you, you don't see the beauty of Virginia? Um, when you travel that three hours or four hours, and I said, you see corn and beans, mainly. <laughs> corn and beans, lots of them, oceans of them. Um, no, you don't see hills and trees and rivers. And um, <laughs> So anyway, um, but, you know, just to give you an example, uh, Jason said to me the other night when I, my wife was putting the three kids to bed, and not that they have to be put to bed, but they go to bed, and then she walks in the room, and she'll just stroke their backs mm-hmm. and talk with them real, a little bit. And I said to Jason, um, I know that she's not, she can't replace their mother. And Jason said to me, no, but she runs a close second. Hmm. And that, again, verifies the need that we have at this point to be uh, in the same region that they are, to mm-hmm. be attending some baseball games and mm-hmm. Concerts, that type of thing. So anyway, we're heading there. Uh, this church that we're going to is about the same size as the Woodstock Church, about seventy-five people. Hmm. Um, has an even span of uh, ages of um, people from early twenties up to latter sixties, hmm. um, and um, they're ready to move and ready to to go places in terms of just wanting to have an effective ministry of discipleship. They long for the word. Um, they have a real desire to hear the scriptures taught, but of course we want to see change lives through the scriptures and yeah. the multiplication of uh, of people. Yeah. So that's and, where we're heading. And it's interesting that it's almost a similar number that that you've yeah. been at Shenandoah mm-hmm. for yeah. just only several months now. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've I've known I've been talking to you and hearing stories that you've been able to work with the leadership team there and disciple people and build them up and and here that was almost preparation for what you might be doing in Kansas. Yeah, in many respects, because the church there is is pretty much, you could call it a new church. Yeah. Just I won't go into the details of how that all developed, but that's pretty much the case. And we're excited about Woodstock, because, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Patty and I thought Dennis was the man from the very get-go. And, um, <laughs> well, he didn't say that. I don't, he, <laughs> okay, I in his episode, he, he we're, pretty much was like, man, I don't know for others this. to smell the coffee. And... Uh, <laughs> Patty, I can tell you this, Patty prayed about it every day. Hmm. She prayed every day that leadership would um, would bring a point, would come to to see Dennis being the man here. Hmm. We just think his personality, his background, hmm. his, um, his giftedness and so forth just makes us perfect fit. And I can tell you that Woodstock people are really excited about having him. Yeah. They're, just, yeah. they're just really pumped. So That's he's good. been, he's spoken, he has spoken there I don't know, half a dozen times at least now. And hmm. So we're we've it, there. He's that church is in good hands, yeah. and 
we're excited. And there's another component to your ministry here at FBC that is a potential hole, and it's essentially pastor of biblical education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what have you been seeing over the last months to prepare? And yeah. I know that you do a great job of mentoring people and growing leadership. Um, well, over the years, I've been I keep an eye on who who attends mm-hmm. and um, who has. Um, some element of youthfulness to have a future in terms of, of ministry. And one man stood out uh, very clearly. Uh, his name is Bo Spires. Bo attended all the classes, and then as he was interested in teaching, we've just seen him develop his uh, teaching uh, ministry. He's such a student of the scriptures. Um, he probably doesn't want me to brag about him, but I'm going to share with him. He he reads he reads theology and the scriptures most mornings between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. Hmm. He just hmm. uh, he just can't get enough, and he is a self-taught theologian, and um, he's pursuing seminary now. He's enrolled at Dallas Seminary to to take classes here in the Manassas campus, and um, he's a pharmacist by uh, by um, career. And employment, but um, he's got administrative ability. So over time, we've worked on this and tried to do some training in in uh, what the ministry is here. And uh, the elders have officially asked him. Hmm. They called it deputized him. Okay, and uh, he maybe walk around <laughs> yeah, a little star and deputized. They put a sword and yeah, put a right. sword over his shoulders <laughs> <laughs> to to be the lead person of the biblical training center hmm. and. Um, There'll be staff and, and and others that will help him, and he has people to go to for questions and interaction. I think he and Mark are going to be meeting once a month. So it's not that he's going to be just out all by himself, but yeah. he's going to do a great job. Yeah. I feel That's the great. ministry's in good hands. Yeah. yeah. Well, talking about you and Patty moving, Brad, I got to look to you because... Over here, your dad's saying that there's family that he's going to, and here you are yeah. still in Winchester. He's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just feels so confident in you that he's like, okay, Brad yeah. and, and your wife Valerie got things under control here, you know. Yeah. But it, what what aspect of the family um, kind of environment have you seen in these last couple months leading to this transition for your parents? And even with you guys, I mean, I know you serve in the Biblical Training Center class as well. Yeah. I mean, we've done when the, when the worship ministry, you and Valerie have been a part of FSAT years ago. And, and mm-hmm. so walk us through kind of where this hole might be left. I'm going to speak and say it. I mean, your dad is leaving, but you're still here and can fill yeah. not all the shoes. But what, where is your heart and passion in ministering here to FBC? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Valerie and I... Uh, after getting married, we moved to uh, Virginia Beach for a little bit and then came back and uh, decided to come to FBC and uh, get involved right away. And uh, we were a little bit before we moved away, and we moved here in 2004, and so I definitely call this my home church. And, uh, yeah, we are we're going to continue to be here and let the Lord direct our paths um, for that. Um, as far as family dynamics, yeah, we uh, we're glad you're going to to Brian's <laughs> and with the Currys. Uh, definitely sad. Um, I need my tag team Iowa Hawkeye fan, you know, to rebuttal Mark's Nebraska stuff. <laughs> and Morrison's Texas. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you yeah. guys do it with those two. I know. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so we we're gonna still be here, and um, 
yeah, my dad has definitely uh, discipled me as a kid growing up. I know the words parousia, what that means. <laughs> I know saved from what, yeah. chiasm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Those are uh, major things that I um, like to carry on. And like you said, yeah, I'd like to be a part of the um, biblical training center and um, and uh, just see what see what the Lord has in directing that. I um, definitely feel called to be in teaching with that. And, um, um, but we're just taking, taking his leading in that. Um, I'm, uh, I agree with my dad. I'm excited about Bo hmm. taking over for that. He's a great fit. He, uh, he disciples me too. And um, yeah, he is, he is a great, great fit for that. So I'm excited to uh, um, go alongside with him in that. And um but yeah. Well, we're glad that you're here. And there's yeah. this aspect of preparing, deploying, passing the torch, mm-hmm. preparing leaders. There's these four Ps that the elders laid out at the 40th anniversary last year of kind of the direction of the church. And this is a model of that. I mean, mm-hmm. preparing leaders, deploying them, passing the torch from father to son, almost in this instance. Um, it's exciting to see. And I mean, I've heard you guys share and others say, you know, well, at least there's a Den Hartog staying behind so we can still have Don and Patty come back and <laughs> forth to, to visit. Um, what what other things are on your heart? I know that you said that you had a couple of things that you would, would be doing if you weren't so busy and tied down. Um, when you go to Kansas and you're working with this church, what other aspects of ministry life do you, you foresee in the next couple of years for you guys? Well, one of the things I'm going to be um, doing and have the support of the church in Kansas to do is there's a couple of discipleship materials that I would like to develop. Hmm. And uh, one is for new believers and another one is for really any state uh, stage of Christian growth, uh, just on some basic principles of uh, Christian growth. Actually, our daughter Christy taught the course several times. Part of it, uh, one one of the times that she taught it, it was recorded, so I have that. But she gave me all of her notes, and it's based on a book that was written by my mentor uh, in seminary. And so uh, I want to develop that. That curriculum. Hmm. Also, just have a couple of other. I don't claim to be a great author, but I, I actually enjoy uh, writing. My wife's sister is uh, she's a published author. She, Dayspring has published some of her things, and she uh, she loves to uh, edit. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of red ink on the stuff I give to her, <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to just doing a few of those things. But then just ministering to the people there, sharing the scriptures, discipling leaders for the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neat. and that's that's the same thing as was here. So. Well, I know we've got a, a couple more weeks. Um, I have the inside track of being in the worship team and knowing that this is happening, but you're going to be asked to preach a couple times coming up here yeah. in the summer with FBC. Yeah, July and, 11 and 18. Good. Yeah. And so... You're not totally leaving the doors tomorrow, but what's the date of when you're looking to to leave? And sure, um, but the last time I'll be able to share from the pulpit as a staff person here uh, in Winchester is July 18, mm-hmm. and so the 11th um, I'll be preaching, and then the 18th, Lord willing. Our entire family is going to come back for the 18th, um, so I, I'm looking forward to be able to introduce the family to the to the church. Um, then after that, uh, we're going to head to the beach as a family for a week, and then come back in the month of August. And um, I guess there'll be some wrapping up that takes place. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking with the elders right now about 
what that month's going to involve. But then, uh, yeah, we'll be heading off, heading west okay. uh, at the end of the month, in the month of August. And um, I heard Dennis a couple weeks ago say that he's officially starting September 1st. He's so starting September 1st and already that. starting to attend leadership meetings. Okay. And he'll even be doing some preaching there over the summer. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just ask you to leave us with one final thought. You know, you've, you've been here at FBC for numerous amount of years, I think yeah. 16, 17 years. 17 right? years, yeah. Um, how, what charge would you give our body? You know, as, as yeah. you kind of see our church and you've been a part of the last many years of the pastoral staff and kind of where it's headed, what, what word would you give to our body to, to listen and receive as you're ready to, to leave here? I guess um, I've, to answer that, I've uh, share with you the basic theme of what I'll be sharing on the 18th. And it comes out of Hebrews chapter 5, um, just that the church stay the course with the Word of God. Hmm. And not just uh, utilizing Scripture, but there the author differentiates between the milk of the Word and solid food for the mature. Mm-hmm. But then he says this, that by reason of use, use of the solid food of the Word of God, you will be able to discern good from evil. Hmm. And that's kind of my heart's passion right now as um, our nation is experiencing rapid change, as uh, there's conflict and contention um, all across the board, that we as believers uh, are not immune from this contention and how to assess right from wrong, good from evil, and um, it's going to be only from the same thing it's been for thousands of years, and that's the solid food of God's Word to give us discernment. Hmm. And that's my charge. That uh, This church is well-fed. Hmm. It's well-fed every week. Um, my son shares with me frequently of sermons that Mark has been sharing or John Morrison or whoever that have impacted his life for change. And that's continuing. And as things move on and time goes on, um, you know, only God knows how long, how much longer our present staff will be here, but that this church maintained the course of pursuing the solid food of the Word of God. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. And to kind of help summarize all that, I mean, it's where you guys are as a family as well, of, mm-hmm. of just staying in the Word of God, staying, keeping your eyes focused on Christ and knowing that there is a hope and a future that we have, you know, and you experienced that through Christy. And mm-hmm. um, I'm reminded of a passage that might, you might go here and it's in Hebrews as well. It just came to mind essentially of their Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself that he would not grow weary and lose heart. And through difficult times, through the times to uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, as Romans 12 says, to keep our eyes set on, on Christ, I think is a great charge. And you guys are an example of that. So... Mm-hmm. Whether you know it or not, I'm, I'm sure people are out there watching and listening and experiencing similar things that your family's gone through, and I hope that this can be an encouragement yeah. to them. Yeah, we understand very much that we are not alone in the suffering, and I, um, 
want to just continue to encourage all of us as we go through life and as we experience these challenges, one of God's great provisions for us is each other. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, you guys are an example of that. Thank you guys for being here, Brad. We're yeah. looking forward to seeing more of you yeah. in, in the <laughs> weeks and years and months to come. Yeah. And Don, we're excited to see you be uh, kind of commissioned off into yeah. the new phase of you and Patty's life. And um, mm-hmm. we appreciate all the many years of your uh, knowledge and wealth and wisdom and education here um, of FBC. So we're just uh, excited for you. And uh Rejoice and weep with you all at the same time. Thank you very much, Mark. Yeah. Well, you guys continue to watch and listen to more episodes to come about changes in the staff and just our family here at FBC. And I I hope that this was encouragement to you guys as you're watching and listening. Continue to go to the show notes. You can always go to fbcva.life slash podcast to learn all the different locations where you can watch and listen to us. And, uh, you know, until we, we listen and meet and gather again, I really encourage each one of us to let Christ be the focus of your life each and every day.